This podcast is sponsored by HassleFree.com. HassleFree has supported many NICU families in the Iowa City area. HassleFree provides fundraising merchandise to help out families and organizations when in need of some extra funds. Let HassleFree deal with all the hassle. You don't have to deal with orders, exchange of money, or delivery. That way you can focus on what is most important for you and your family. I think I'm going to like this episode. Yeah, I think this will be a fun one. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right, so this is the NICU... (laughs) This is the NICU nurses episode. And um, I think that, like, NICU nurses are fun in the situation... In, like, in the instances where, like, they're fun to talk about. (laughs) They are. And they're such good people. They are good people. And I just remember like, okay, we're in Bay 2-3. Who are, who's good here? Who's not? And oh you get to gosh. chatting with your little NICU mamas and like, stay away from this person. Or yep. this person's really good. You have to get on this person. Like, I just, and then like, they do something silly or they do something awesome. And you just have to share it because that's your life. You live in a NICU. And you have no other connections to the outside world. So that's what you talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> and they almost like become like your friends, kind of your family, your For support sure. team. So it's a huge sure. part of it. Absolutely. They, um, I think today I just made a post about how it was one year since we left the NICU. And I like honestly miss those people. Like, I know. And it's just, it's like, a, it's just so bittersweet because you say goodbye and you never see them again <laughs> i know it is really sad unless you steal them from the NICU like i did and yeah i see her twice a week <laughs> yeah you got really lucky yeah i did i for sure did she's a good one she is actually that is like my most memorable probably is um it's kind of a sad one but it was the day that noah was being reintubated and um i they wanted me to like hang out in like that lobby area, like outside. Yeah. Um, while they were getting her ready to do that and just just had me out there. Um, and I hadn't ate, so I went and grabbed something to eat and I brought it up there and of course didn't touch it because I was so upset about her being yeah. reintubated. And um our Bay One nurse, and we were in Bay Two Three at the time, and Bay One nurses don't normally come to two three, and so I hadn't seen her in a while. But she was up on our primary list, and she comes walking down the stairs from her pumping session, and uh. I just like lost it. Like I cried, and she hugged me, and it was just really, really beautiful. But um, that is my most memorable, and that is That's... for Miss Kylie Collins, who will be on the episode later. That's a good one. That's like almost like fate. I feel like she was put into your life. Like it was literally like an angel walking down the steps. Like I needed it. Like my family can't come into the NICU. Um, You know, um, God, where were you? (laughs) Yeah. What was I doing? I don't know. I was probably talking to someone or crying in a hallway. Were you in tooth with her? When was it? When was this? It was uh, March. So yeah you would have been there right yeah i was there 
well, anyway, my husband wasn't there and I just needed that at that exact moment. And it was like you said, fate. Maybe now I feel bad because where was no. I? <laughs> where were you? I don't, I don't know. know. I probably didn't tell you because yeah. you know, sometimes we just do that. We just try to be tough and handle it on ourselves. But that is so true. Um, you know, gosh, yeah. I'm trying to think what my memorable. Yeah. What was it? Holy smokes. I don't know. We might have to come back to me because I, I got I to gotta think about this for a second. Do you have a negative nursing experience or nurses experience? <laughs> nurses. So that one I definitely can uh, <laughs> talk about for a second. And, you know, this maybe wasn't one of those situations where it was like something was done negatively. It was just me and this person did not, uh, we did not really see eye to eye. And it was almost like just not the energy level wasn't great. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't a good, good feeling having this certain person take care of Liam. I didn't look forward to it because I was there all day, mm-hmm. all night. Um, do you want me to like get into the details of why yes, it wasn't great? Please. Okay. I think <laughs> everybody tea, wants to know that. Spill the tea. I'll let it um, out, girl. So this nurse, um, you know, it happened to be, I was seen a little later at night um, and this nurse was coming on. It was like a weird shift. Like it wasn't like the normal 12 hour. They came at like 10 or 11 at night. Why I was still there. Don't know. Um, but I was there and Liam was just like intolerable. Like he was just screaming, crying, like clearly really something wasn't going great. And at that time I could hold Liam like whenever, uh, cause he was on, gosh, I can't remember. I think CPAP or RAM, one of the other or Nava or something, whatever, but I could pick him up and hold him. So I was just like sitting there rocking him, holding him. And this nurse came in, uh, in the middle of Liam's meltdown and I'm trying to calm him down and grabbed Liam like out of my arms. And I just didn't like that. That made me feel really like not capable, didn't love it. And then I think the thing that just kind of threw me off was his care for trying to calm him down was not super appropriate and just I don't know how to go into details about it but long story short it just was not like it just felt very uncomfortable having this person care for Liam and And your mom and mom has always (sighs) been the no best is this an older lady by chance no it's not And I can't even, I can't even give you a deed like a, and it'll, but it'll give it away. If I'm like, this is what this person's like, it was a newer person. Um, so, you know, maybe they didn't fully get the full on experience, just little things. Like, as you know, like, you know, I had a time where a nurse and this was my first day in Bay two, three. So it's already a big moment. You know, you feel a little uncomfortable being in a new space meeting these new nurses when you're so comfortable with where you were at. But that first day she was going to fix his uh, tapes and she did not use any Mm. and just ripped it off of his face and he started bleeding. And I just remember Mm. that was triggering. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I hated those damn tapes. Me too. 
And with I, Nava, like it was retaping like twice, oh twice gosh. a shift and she was snotty and it was gross and ew. Yeah, it was and, not fun. I can just, yeah, the tape, the tape. And you, so, you had to deal with that forever. I, don't know I how you still did occasionally have yeah. to deal with the tape and I still hate it. So ew. Gosh. it's not great. And I'm just like itching to hear what your negative moment was because well, I, can't I was wait. thinking about this I kind of have two and one is um it was very 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 early on and Noah was still very very little and I'm pretty sure gosh I want to say she still had like her billy ribbon lights on okay her and this lady came in <laughs> to this the shift change and Noah pooped literally oh my gosh. From, like all the way up to the back of her neck and like she's on the jet and so like you have to like maneuver everything like there's tubes and wires everywhere and it was covered in poop and like this this nurse like didn't know what to do and like granted I wouldn't either there was poop everywhere (laughs) do I know this nurse I don't even remember this nurse it was like I don't remember I I don't we never had her again I never saw her again I I I feel like she was like just like called in because there was nobody that's like what oh it felt like um and so like I went and got someone in the hall I'm like can you help any oh my <laughs> it goodness. was everywhere and I was like really worried she was like gonna get like a UTI or something like that like because there was just literally shit everywhere excuse <laughs> my language <laughs> literally shit everywhere so I thought you were gonna talk about a different poop experience what one <laughs> i can't like i said can't get too much into detail because um well i don't think it was necessarily a nurse is all i'm gonna say I- <laughs> oh my god yes noah literally shit all over dr klein's wife <laughs> is that what you mean yes oh poor what whatever oh, her first name mrs klein poor mrs klein and I, she was really sick that night and I, it was good for a laugh for me. So thank oh. you for that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for making my day a little better. And shout out to the night nurse Shelby for allowing that to happen because he it is great. Best. Um, oh my God, that was another memorable experience. I can go into that a different time, but Shelby night nurse Shelby was killer one night like you know how like there's just professionals that woman was a professional that night noah was very sick they had to be bagged a million times this was right around one time she was intubated reintubated again and i'd never had miss shelby before and she was training someone and she just had to stay calm cool and collected and she rocked it and um you know there's a a mom like basically dying inside in a corner and she just never let me know that there was anything wrong and that she had it under control and it was it was really cool to see and then you know you become like you said you become friends with these people and she later on told me how terrified she was and just the level of you know just professionalism that she showed and just rock star was really really cool she is a rock star she was yeah she deserves a raise 
which kind of um well I guess my what's my next my next negative experience was um it was early on also and there was I can't think of her name I had her a few times like at the very beginning but just a veteran nurse and it was like my second night there I want to say and Noah's like dinging off like constantly and I'm like staring at her through the window like are you gonna come in here and fix this because she's beeping off and yeah you know little did I know that that happens and you know they bounce back up and they kind of ping and they kind of pong and there are veteran nurses that can handle that and know what's going on. But in my mind, like, can you come, come turn her up or do something? Yeah. Especially that early on in the game. Like, yes, there's just a lot of different things going on that you are like, what is happening during the day? Like those day nurses, and this is not to slam night nurses, but the day nurses are a little whippersnappers and they're moving around and doing things all the time. And then you go to the night nurse shift and they're just sitting there, like staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> and then she got like, I, I go, I just was literally staring a hole in this woman's head. And she went and got the um, resident doctor that was on staff to come counsel me, basically. Uh. And I was like, you suck. <laughs> like, yeah. Basically told on me for being a, a worried parent. And I guess like in in her mind maybe she was like trying to be helpful or like because she couldn't fill that void with good information or come talk to me yeah Um, but anyway so noted you speaking about that just made me think of my probably my top three most memorable moment okay okay let's hear it so this person same in the very beginning within the first week she actually took care of liam like the first night he was born it was like just about shift change at 7 a.m and liam was born at like 4 47 a.m so she like had a really great end to her shift she still jokes about that to this day um but her name is emily parsons did you ever have her no i never had her oh my gosh she's like who she is but um, literally she's the most amazing and if i did have you emily i'm sorry she's friends with um shelby i believe okay maybe you would have seen that i don't know i know she's friends like with chris right and yes all of those amazing people hey guys we (laughs) love you um but oh my gosh, she just like from the second, you know, that we would have her on, like I just wanted her to ha- be with Liam every night because she made me feel so comfort comfortable. Like she just was so encouraging. Um, but like even from the beginning, you know, she was constantly like I was so scared and like crying all the time. And she was just trying to make it like a positive thing, like come, you know, check his temperature, come change his diaper all those things and making it like air quote fun Mm -hmm. um, and not so scary, but the memorable moment with her would be um, this was in like the first week. Um, As you know, they tried to extubate him day to life um, and put him on Nava, which is really kind of crazy typically is what I hear. Um, and he did really, really well. But then, you know, a couple days into it, he crashed and he got really sick. Uh, and like you were saying, you were sitting in that room and it was just constantly like alarming, beeping, all these things happening. And 
I just remember sitting in that room watching and I couldn't even watch. Like my anxiety was so bad. It would alarm. And I just would like have my fingers crossed, like, please don't alarm, please don't alarm. And I just was bawling like hysterically. Now looking back, it's actually really embarrassing. I was bawling so ugly, looked horrible. Um, (laughs) Brady like looked at me and was like, you just need to go for a walk, go for a walk, get out of the room and then come back. So I did. And then I came back and she sat me down and just like talked to me and told me, you know, everything's okay. Like you need to take care of yourself. Um, I got this, I'll handle this. Um, and she told me to go home, get some sleep, all that stuff. Um, and it just was really like, it just felt really good. Cause I felt like she like really took care of him and really cared about the parents. And she called me at like 3am to like, let me know, you know, things were going good. You know, I don't even know if they were going good, mm-hmm. bad, whatever, but just like taking that time to call and let me know what was going on. I don't know. It's a a small thing, but it meant so much at the time. No, I think, and I think that that's what U of I does such a great job at is they are so compassionate and they, it's the whole picture. It's the parents. It's, it's everybody coming together to take care of this little baby. And um, I, I had a similar experience where um Katie oh my gosh I love Katie, Pre- Katie Schaefer's yes Schaefer, Katie. Schaefer. yes she's um, also an angel she is definitely an angel and in second day of life fish and literally I she was giving report out and I just felt in my whole body yep that she was passing off her child like yep that's how close she felt this is what Noah likes this is what she doesn't like don't do this she doesn't want to be touched with this I would give her that you know like she she was passing off what would be her kid and I just like felt deep down my core that she really really cared about Noah Mm -hmm. and it's like and I'm, I'm sure you can relate she was awesome at that um Emily felt was also really awesome about it like at rounds just advocating for these babies and like, you know, Mm -hmm. stepping in and saying something if they felt maybe that wasn't the best decision for the babies. And like you said, in those moments, it just makes you feel like someone has your back and like is explaining what's really going on or like, yeah, you know, they're really good. Or like, yeah, you get after rounds and you get back into the room and they're like, okay, now. How are you feeling? Yeah. Didn't you understand what questions do you have? Yes. And um, that just, just, and it, literally I would say 98% of the nurses were like that. And yes, um, it's just, it's just, it's an amazing place. Yep. I agree. I agree. So um, let's talk about uh, primary lists a little bit of nursing. Uh, oh I just feel <laughs> I don't know you what, have what your, do you feel Macy well, I just feel like not all the time but some of the times like you get a primary list and you never see those people ever again and yeah. it's just almost, uh, it's like almost scary to to pick one because you you're like oh crap I'm never I'm gonna put you on my I primary know. list and I'm gonna never see you again I know well and then come to find out too which like I said Oh, I didn't say this yet. So it doesn't make sense, but 
in a primary list. I'm not sure how it works at other hospitals, but come to find out they actually have the choice if they would want to put yeah. themselves on your primary list. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like it was kind of like a first date. Like, so <laughs> do you want to do this again? Like, what do you yeah. think? Second date, you know, and just that <laughs> rejection or possible, like they maybe did put their name on your primary list. Yeah. That made me nervous. Yeah, I also found out later on that nurses can put themselves on your primary list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. And I, was, and I was like, why are we getting this person all the time? And they're like, well, they're, they're on your primary list. Well, who the hell put them there? And you're like, uh, I definitely didn't uh, pick can them. We you have know, this person removed. <laughs> no, yes. I don't remember doing that, but um, I I remember being very shocked that 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 could happen. Yeah. Primary lists, though, I feel like are such a good thing to establish and have. Mm-hmm. And if definitely someone's listening to this and they have no idea what that is, ask because yeah. like, it just makes you feel like, you know, if you're home taking care of your kids or you're at work, or even when you are there, it just like we were saying, it makes you feel so secure and safe that there was somebody that, you know, that mm-hmm. really knows your baby. Yeah. It's the continuity of care principle yes. of like, this person knows your son or daughter. They're going to take really good care of them. They know their likes and dislikes beyond even a medical scope. Like, yep. um, and yeah, they just get to know them and you have an opportunity to get to know them as well. And there's just a trust there for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So um, let's skip down to the, the appreciation gifts. Taylor is love language is <laughs> to give gifts. <sighs> love Um, giving gifts and I feel like this is on like Facebook pages all the time what should we get our nurses for nurse appreciation week or we're leaving the NICU or it's Christmas what should we give them um what type of gifts did you give your nurses throughout your stay there oh you know like it really depended I feel like getting to know a lot of the nurses on a more personal level. I know you can relate to this too. You get to know, like you spend a lot of time with them. They're with you a lot of your, their shift, you know, X, Y, Z, all those things. So like I would find out from conversation, maybe their favorite candy or, you know, what they like to do for fun or all those things. Mm -hmm. So, and my love language is gifts. So I always (laughs) tried to make it like, I feel a little more personal. I don't know. No, I love that. I agree. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Speaking you of like, to, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but you would bring in like shakes and teas or whatever oh, for yeah. people all the time. Yeah. I just love giving. Like you really that's do. It's just my love language. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. What were some of yours? Um, I just love food. Yeah. And who doesn't <laughs> and love food? It, well, yes. And if you don't, we can't be friends. Yeah. Um, I and it's COVID, right? So you can't just like bring whatever because there's all these COVID restrictions. Yep. But my mother-in-law is an amazing baker. And so she made like little cupcakes that I had handed out. Um, I think that was like Noah's due date, maybe Christmas. She made like little ornaments with um hot cocoa in it. And I think we did cocoa, like the hot cocoa bomb things too. I do remember you passing those out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, When we left, we did uh, like a parking 
like the nurses have to either yeah. pay to park or park far away so we gave like the parking passes for for them um if they're running late or whatever it might come in handy someday and give cards to the coffee shop there and to the hospital to be able to eat lunches and then like target gift card and yeah oh i threw a white claw definitely threw a white claw in every every bag <laughs> because <laughs> that is what i lived on that and coffee yeah so. heck yeah you know, I think what was, gosh, I mean, I like, as it was just something like too in my free time, like, oh, it's national, yeah. whatever holiday. I'm like, oh, I'm going to give them this for this. So like the one though, that I really remember was, I think it was like nurse appreciation week. Mm-hmm. And I think I picked like 10 or 15 nurses that I really loved or and I made them like customized little goodie baskets, but you know, the one nurse told me her favorite thing out of that whole basket was I made like some sort of collage of Liam, like from the beginning to now or where we were at in the journey and just wrote like a really nice, like Mm -hmm. heartfelt letter. And they were like, that is what we really, really love. So like, you know, don't always feel like you have to go spend sure. ton of money pampering these nurses. I think they appreciate truly just like knowing Some how much we words. love them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Agree. That's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. I am very much a handwritten thank you note person. I got yeah. that straight from my parents and um, I love writing notes and I love giving them, getting notes too. This podcast is sponsored by hasslefree.com. Hassle-free has supported many NICU families in the Iowa City area. Hassle-free provides fundraising merchandise to help out families and organizations when in need of some extra funds. Let Hassle-free deal with all the hassle. You don't have to deal with orders, exchange of money, or delivery. That way you can focus on what is most important for you and your family. I would like to introduce to you our first ever guest on the Real Mamas of the NICU podcast. And I'm so honored and privileged to know this person. And I couldn't think of a better first guest. Her name is Kylie Collins, and she was our on our primary list at the NICU as a full-time NICU nurse there at the U. She is now a part-time nurse at the U and a part-time pediatric home nurse for Iowa Home Care for none other than my daughter, Noah. She is also a full-time mom and she is a wife who's married to her husband, Aaron. They have a daughter named Chandler who is four and a son, Titus, that's 20 months. They have lived in West Des Moines for a little over a year now. And she is super passionate about NICU nursing and advocating for babies. She has a passion project that she'll explain here in a bit, but she is loves walking through hard seasons with people and helping them overcome those challenges. Being a NICU nurse kind of checks all those boxes for her, and that is what she is super passionate about. So I would like to introduce you all to the wonderful nurse Kylie Collins. So Kylie, what is the greatest joy that you have as working in this industry of being a NICU nurse? (laughs) Oh man, there are so many joys, honestly. I think 
one thing that hit me pretty early on in my career was when I got to experience the highest of highs with families and also the lowest of lows. Like I just get this, like a glimpse into like both brand new life and heartbreaking death. And it's like really just quite an honor to be in those moments. Like those are such um, private moments, you know, like you don't just have anybody in the room when you're having a baby, you know, or you don't just have anybody in the room if God forbid your child dies. And so to, to be there and walk with the families through that and help advocate for babies who can't advocate for themselves is just really special. I just, there's really no other area of nursing quite like it. What at a U versus maybe another NICU or even like a level between a level three and a level four? Yeah. I mean, my, my answer to this question is I've only worked at the U, right? So I, <laughs> I, I can't like fully probably give you an accurate answer on what it's like to compare different NICUs, but just from being at the U and getting babies from other NICUs in the region, um, we get to see like the most unique and rare complications and also this, the, the sickest babies. And so I think in the, the way that the U is set up compared to even just the NICUs here in Des Moines, after talking with, with people that work at the NICUs in Des Moines, um, the U is split up and you know this based on acuity, right? So there's mm-hmm. they like the sickest babies, base two, three, which are like just, just a step down, but still can have some sick babies. And then base four, base four and level six, which is more of the like feeder grower, getting ready to go home, discharge teaching type of stuff. And so um, at the NICUs in Des Moines, it's just everybody's in one area. And so as a nurse, you don't get to specialize in caring for a certain type of patient. Um, and I think there's, there's benefits to that, but I also think obviously just then being at the U, I see the benefits of it being broken up into acuity because then the nurses are able to specialize in what they're caring for. Mm -hmm. And so if I was caring for all different types of NICU patients and every, all 200 of us nurses were caring for all different types of NICU patients, then the the number of times that we are caring for the actual really sick babies is going to be infrequent. Therefore we're going to maybe forget more things and have to look up the policies um, for initiating cooling on a term baby that was born after traumatic delivery. The fact that we get to do those things so frequently in day one, which is where I work, it just makes it safer, I think. And just you feel more confident as a nurse because I'm not- You can practice it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, You're in it and you're practicing it all the time. No, I didn't know that about other NICUs. I guess similarly, I've only been to (laughs) the used NICU. And so I I just thought everybody kind of did the same thing. So that's a good perspective. I didn't know that um, different bays were a thing there, but not at other places. So that's awesome. So Kylie, you get to experience a plethora of different types of babies, but also different families and (laughs) their parents. 
what would you say irritates you the most? And I will say earlier in the podcast, Taylor and I got to talk about our negative and positive experiences. So we wanted to make sure you had the opportunity to do that too, from the other side of the scope. So what type of parents irritate you the most? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to start off by saying, I'm going to first answer it as the type of family member that irritates me the most okay because it's not apparent usually actually it's it's typically and with COVID it's been different because we haven't had a lot of visitors outside of parents but typically what's the most difficult are the grandmas (laughs) the grandmas (laughs) yes (laughs) because there's always a weird dynamic between like that like the parents with you know with their moms and mothers in law mm-hmm. right and there's always this like okay it's fine if they come visit but please don't give them information or you know yeah you can say certain things to them but not all things to them but then they come and they want to know all the information or they want to give their advice and their input or they want to complain about the parents or um and it's just a really difficult line to walk as a nurse because you want to care for everybody. But it's like, dude, my main priority is the baby and the parents and you're just a grandparent and I'm not going to like cater to all the things you're wanting. Um, sure. so I would say that's probably the most difficult. But if we're talking specifically about parents, there's a couple things that are are hard but have become a lot easier to understand since becoming a mom, I think. So I, when I first started as a nurse, I, you know, I worked for how many years, three, three years before I became a mom. And it was always really hard when parents wouldn't trust you as a nurse or trust the medical team in general, when they would um, just like question decisions or kind of stand over you and watch you do everything. Um, almost like they were second guessing your work, even though they didn't know the medical side of things, right. They're just checking in on their baby. But since becoming a mom, I would do the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. I would to not just take everything that the medical team is saying as 100% Bible truth. I would want to also talk with other families who have been in these situations. And I would also want to talk with potentially even other facilities and wanting to get other perspectives from different medical teams. And I would be standing and watching the nurses do all their tasks too. And so there's been a lot more understanding, I think, since becoming a mom and, and just knowing like, this is somebody's like whole heart Mm -hmm. in this little body that's now outside of their body and there as a parent, you're helpless in the NICU, you're totally helpless. And so that, that perspective just helps you like I don't know, be able to empathize with what's going on and, and just not get worked up about it as the nurse anymore. Cool. I, um, yeah, COVID, I wouldn't, we wouldn't know anything about the whole grandparent thing, but, um, if there's grandmas listening, you know, (laughs) stay in your lane. I think that's what she's saying. (laughs) Grandmas Uh, can have a really special role. They really can. And support people in general, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what about, um, Taylor and I were talking about, not for me, of course, because I am 
done having children, but Taylor, uh, <laughs> she may have some more and, and, uh, hopefully the low, low chance that she has another NICU baby. Yeah. Have you ever had the experience of a repeat parent of, mm-hmm. you know, their second, third time in the NICU? And how is that different than say their first round in the NICU? Because I always think like ignorance is bliss. And if I had to do it a second time, um, my mental health would be way worse, even though yeah. it was traumatic and everything else. I think the knowing the second time around would be yeah. hard. Yeah. I think that's like, that goes for, for everything in life. I, I always said, if I knew how hard the first semester of nursing school would be, I'm sure. not sure I would have done it. Right. Like you just, right. when you know, something's going to be hard. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. I think in every area of life. So that that does almost always pertain to repeat NICU families. Yeah, we have quite a few. Um, I would say that the ones that end up actually being like the best are the ones that had NICU stays elsewhere and then mm-hmm. have now have their first baby at the U, like their first NICU baby at the U, but a previous NICU baby somewhere else, usually at like a smaller NICU, because then they're like, wow, it's so great here. <laughs> Um, and, and not, not every family thinks that the U is, is better than other places because there are other hospitals closer by that have more like perks for families, like more free food, more free lodging, those types of things. But overall, like if you have a really sick baby, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, (laughs) people are usually pretty grateful to be at the U. And so there's a lot of that, but, um, I think the repeat NICU stays for dads are usually a lot more chill because they are not as wide-eyed in the beginning. Like in the beginning with a first time NICU dad, they like walk in the room. The mom Mm -hmm. is still like recovering from delivery and they are like, okay, I can't swear. What in the actual heck is going Mm -hmm. on in here? And they're just terrified and they're like white, you know, but yeah, I got, I got to see that in my um, room in room in bay one room three, I could see right into room one and yeah. room one had um, a lot of turnover. And like, I just remember dads, like I, it just made me think like, what was David doing while I was, yeah. you know, and just like, they're scared shitless. Like, yeah. and I don't blame them. Like their wife is in one room and their little baby is, yeah, you, know, you just can't help. And, you know, yeah. David saw like them intubate Noah, like stick their finger in her mouth and in- intubate her. And like, yeah. I just couldn't imagine watching that part of it. So, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I do think then the, the repeat NICU stays for moms, moms are one more equipped with, with like knowledge and like an understanding of where things go, but there's, there's usually a lot more anxiety and there's usually just a lot more like questioning and, and, and really wanting to understand and not just taking what the medical team is saying as like, they're not just like, Oh, sounds great. Whatever. It's like, you know, the second time, third yeah. time that it happens, they're like, they're really wanting to be involved more and no more. Um, but yeah, cool. it's tricky. And yeah, I'm glad I'm never going to have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, um, can you, so how long have you been a NICU nurse? Uh, 2015. That's when I graduated. So seven years, it's 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah. In those seven years you have seen 
so many babies and so many families. <laughs> um, how, like, are like in your experience, so like obviously us, <laughs> for instance, like kept, like, even if you weren't going to come be Noah's nurse, like, I know we would have still kept in touch and I keep in touch with yeah. a bunch of other nurses also, but like what, like how many of those journeys do you, do you follow out until, you know, they're older and like, how do those relationships build and form and not just you specifically, you can speak of other nurses as well, but um, yeah how does, how many would you say that you like still keep in touch with and is it overwhelming number or is it, like, <laughs> does it naturally just happen? Yeah. I can't even put a number on how many there's like, but that's how many I still stay in touch with, which I, okay. I, I love that. Not every nurse wants that, but I'm the majority of us too. I think, um, I mean, I still get like, one of my favorite things is when I get Christmas cards every oh, year yeah. to see how, babies grow, um, into toddler. I mean, you know, I've been doing this seven years now. So like my <laughs> first patients are like in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, like it's so that's awesome, incredible to see that. Um, mm-hmm. if families have like public pages, like you do for Noah girl, you know, mm-hmm. they, I, I usually follow those. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, there's like, I know nurses that have have given like the eulogies at some of their patients' funerals before. Um, and like that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Try try, like sitting and listening to your coworker, like speak about that. It is, that is powerful and so powerful. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show that like when your child is in the NICU, very few people get to meet your child. And so especially during COVID and no one else really could come. And so if that is your child's whole life, just in the NICU, if, if they don't end up making it out of the NICU, then the only people that really know your kid are the nurses and the mm-hmm. medical team. And so it's, it, it does create this really like unique type of bond because even like aunts and uncles and grandparents, even if they are able to come visit, it's just a handful of times. And they don't, they don't actually have memories of those moments the way that the medical team does. So it can be cool to, to reflect on, like, I love talking to you about your NICU stay Macy. And mm-hmm. I just love like hearing what you remember and <laughs> what, you, what you blocked out because <laughs> everyone blocks out when things yeah. are traumatic. Right. Like, and just, even just that day that I came down the stairs after pumping <sighs> and Noah was getting reintubated before yeah. her train surgery and just like just that is just really special I just I love that I don't just get to advocate and care for babies and keep babies alive I also get to like create those relationships with families and love on them and show them that it's not just a job for me it's like mm-hmm. literally this is what I'm supposed to do with my life and I really care about you and I really want to be here you know yeah so it's really really funny that you mentioned that because they just heard that prior in this podcast because that was one of the most memorable parts of the NICU for me. It was like this like angel walking down the stairs at the time I needed it most. And it was really funny because Taylor was like, or maybe I was like, where was Taylor during this? 
<laughs> she's like, man, I suck. <laughs> but it was, it was just like the perfect, it was crazy. I hadn't seen you in a while. And there you yeah. were right when I needed you the yeah. most. So Locking down in my glorious maroon scrubs downstairs. <laughs> there was like literally a, a light on your head, like a little angel. So don't you worry. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh love that. gosh. Okay. So leading into um, the last piece is you have created a little passion project um, and I want to hear all about it and I want you to tell everybody about it. Oh my gosh, you're the best. Um, Yeah. So in like the like least morbid, creepy way, (laughs) it's hard to explain, but one of the things I love the most is caring for families as they're losing their babies. Um, And not in like a, I look forward to this kind of way, but in like a, I don't know how to explain it, but I just really love moving towards people and their suffering. And so one of the ways I've gotten to do that in the NICU is caring for babies as they're dying and then like helping care for the families in that moment too. And I have always thought that like I didn't get to do that as much as I wanted in those moments because I'm also having to do all the medical things for these babies at the same time. Right. And so it's like, I can be having a conversation with a mom, but then I have to like, okay, I need to go get more pain medication or I need to go do these other interventions. And so I can't like actually fully support the families the way I want to in those moments. And so I've always thought that, but I was just like, that, I guess that's, that just is what it is. That's just being a NICU nurse. But then like moving to Des Moines and trying to figure out okay, I'm not working at the U as often. What's next? I was like, I just want to do something with, with families that are losing their children. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I had so many things that I enjoyed and I couldn't figure out what box they fit in. And so I had people nonchalantly just being like, ah, you should just start your own thing. And I was like, (laughs) good joke. joke. (laughs) And finally I was like, I don't know, why not? And so Yeah, I am starting a nonprofit. Um, I have like a name in my brain, but I don't know. It's not like official yet. And so I don't know that if I can say that and just in case someone else has that name out there. Mm -hmm. Like, but anyway, I have a little name in my brain for it. Um, But I am just going to be caring for families as they, um, so not for, not every death for a child is like, anticipated, right? Some of them are very sudden, but for the ones that are anticipated, I want to be able to meet the families and meet the children as, you know, before they die, talk about last moments and like their last memories to make, um, and what they like want and photography or going outside, whatever it may be. Um, and then I want to, after their child dies, that is where the huge gap in care is right now is like, if your child is dying in the hospital, you are pretty well taken care of for the most part in the hospital, but then you just go home and you're like, I have a million decisions to make. I have to plan a funeral. I have to like do all these things and no one knows how to help me because not enough children die for anyone to be like an expert in it. And, um, funeral homes don't know how to help you because they don't do it often enough either, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, I just want to help families when they're making those decisions and help them plan their funerals and, um, help them like create like a a special type of service it seems really trivial in the moment like their grief is just so heavy they can't even see why why is it even 
why do we even need to have pictures? Why do we even need to have a photographer? Why do we need to have music? It's just, this sucks. My kid just died. Yeah, I get that. I just don't want you to have any regret, you know, in the future. And so I want to help them plan their funerals and then get them plugged in with um, therapists and support groups and kind of create like a unique community, depending on the type of loss you're mm-hmm. facing. Um, so yeah, I just like um, created a survey and I've gotten over 30 responses, which feels like a lot because I don't have a platform. Um, yeah. And I've gotten some great feedback on things that families experiencing all different types of loss from like miscarriage up until they're like adult children dying um, wow. and things that they wish they would have had and things that they had that were helpful. And so I am just kind of compiling all those ideas. And most of the things that I had thought about were like what I got feedback, which is good that I was sort of on the right page. But then there were other things that I was like, man, I would not have thought of that. That's great. And so, yeah, I, I hope to within the next, I don't know, six months, probably get this up and running. So we'll see. Yeah. I remember when you first told me this and I was like, I could never do that. And I don't know anybody that could, and I don't know anybody that would be better at it than you. So I think what you're doing is awesome and much needed. And, um, I did not have to experience that thankfully, but even as I'm like, I put stuff on TikTok, I just get this overwhelming amount of people that that did happen to. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, no matter if it was last year or 20 years ago, they just say, um, I'm so glad that this turned out well for you, but my daughter or son didn't make it, or they only made it so long. And I just, my, I mean, like your heart just sinks that that is the reality of, of what you do. And, um, thankfully the U is awesome and saves a ton (laughs) of babies, but yeah. Having someone there that can help those who are going through that is um, very much needed. So as you're creating this, because I know it's super brand new and maybe you <laughs> didn't even want to share this yet. So <laughs> you can tell me later, like, can you just wait to <laughs> post that part later? Um, but we'll be following you. And once you get up and running, we will definitely bring you back so you can talk more about it. Thank you. Yes. No, I, I really appreciate that. I think the more people that can hear about it, the more people can be like, Hey, this, you should implement this. I, I want all those ideas. I have not lost a child. Right. So I, I can only plan from a caregiver perspective and not from an actual parent perspective. So the more the merrier, man, I love hearing it. Yeah. Cool. So as we end, what is the single best part of your job? The single best part of my job. Hmm. I think when I can empower parents to step into the roles as parents in the NICU, because there is a place for parents to actually be parents. And so when I can like somehow coax a freaked out dad to take their like teeny baby's temperature for the first time (laughs) and feel like no, I trust you. I, as a nurse, I am trusting you to do this. You can do this. I'm going to empower you. (laughs) Um, I would say that is, yeah, I just want, I just want parents to feel like parents. So I think that's so important. I mean, I, 
I don't know if I've ever told you, but like I couldn't touch her. Like the first couple times I was there, I was I was like scared out of my mind that I was gonna hurt yeah. her. And David was the one that was like, I'll change the diaper. I was like, Are you kidding me? And I, I don't remember who it was, but they were like, I've never seen this before that the dad is doing it before the mom. I was like, Oh yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, that there is like that fine line between like if they that there's like, there's real fears there in parents' minds, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to force you to do it. I need to like, I want to respect yeah. that you're like working through whatever you're working through. But then when I can sense but that it's empowering, this, like, I really them. want to, but I'm scared. That's when I'm like, okay, I got you. Let's come in. I'm yeah. going to help you do this, you know? Yeah. A, a huge empowerment piece. And I think, I mean, I think you all did such a great job of that. And allowing parents to be parents and empowering them to do so and whether it's with cares or um advocating uh if to the doctors and you know there were plenty of nurses that were like you know what macy if you don't think things are going well you have to let them know and you have yeah. to tell them that you're gonna go find a place that will and yeah um uh, I'll never forget the first time I met Megan Cooling, and we were like <laughs> name dropping earlier so this is fine but she was just like and I mean I was she was my hype girl one day like you know stick to your guns and let them know yeah. and they're gonna yeah. come back at you with xyz and you gotta come back with what you think and yes. like and it was I don't think it was in any way that was offending anyone but just giving me yeah. The courage and the juice, if you will, to, oh. to, um, advocate. Well, and she's great too, because she's been a NICU nurse at multiple facilities. And so she has so much, so many more or so much more experience interacting with different types of NICU mm-hmm. doctors and stuff. So she's really good at that. She's my hype woman as a nurse, man. Uh, she's she like, is hysterical. So oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. She rolls in at like 6 45 PM. I'm like ready to go home. And she's like, what's up girl. Yeah. <laughs> so Megan, if you're listening, oh, we love Oh my you. gosh. <laughs> she's so awesome. And she yeah. is the proud owner of a Noah girl mug that was won on our Facebook page. So she'll have to. No, I took it to the sometime. for you. Oh yeah, you did. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, I totally forgot. Well, Kylie Collins, thank you so much for joining us and you will be back multiple times to enlighten us on the nursing side of things. (laughs) Yes. I love you, Macy. Thank you so much for letting me pop on here. This is all the mama drama we have for today. Thank you for listening to this week's Real Mamas of the NICU podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Real Mamas of the NICU podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and come back to listen for more. Please help us spread the word by leaving a positive review and taking a picture and posting it to your social.